0: Hello everybody, my name is Arian. My name is Ali. And welcome to this episode of So You Want To Be. We hope you're having an awesome day and we're so happy that you're spending part of it right here with us.
1: We have a special guest today. Salman Pervez is a student combining Islamic spirituality with neuroscience in his effort to battle mental health. Salman hopes to be a psychiatrist and this podcast will be following his path. We'll discuss not only his career, but how mental health needs are correlated with making important decisions.
0: Salman, so, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing doing well, doing well. Yeah, I've been uh, pretty active lately, so uh, getting outside, you know, as the weather gets better, so I've been enjoying that.
0: Yeah, that's good. I know it, the weather's been great, but I think this morning, at least where I am, it's it snowed a little bit, which is weird. Um, but yeah, so can you just like tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, sure. So, uh, I'm a, I'm a senior at Michigan state. Uh, um, I'm completing degrees in neuroscience and, uh, another degree in, um, IDS, which is interdisciplinary studies, uh, with a focus in health and society, uh, that, that field concerns how different, uh, specialties look at the, the problem of health in our society. So, how different fields look at public health, so we get a lot of flexibility in terms of what we get to study. So, like the economics of healthcare, uh, the politics that goes along with it, um, as, as well as cultural perspectives. So, um, so you know, that's what I've been doing at MSU. Uh, I, I like, I have an avid interest in mental health and spirituality, which I express through uh, my the group that I helped found, uh, Spartan Shiva. Which is a student campus-led group. Um, we're mentored by a psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Farahabazi. I wanted to, I always give her shout-outs because she's uh, she's helped us a lot. So, she um, she's helped us put a put together a program that improves students' uh, awareness of their own mental well-being and gives them resources um, as well as uh, just tools like diagnostic tools. So we, we, we try to bring in different surveys and um, different assessment uh, tools to help students gauge where they are mentally because it can be very difficult. Uh, and then besides that, uh, I've been I've been working on uh, I've been working with kids with autism through my job uh, just to just to get some clinical hours and and get some experience. Uh, helping with basic skills and I think that's really helped me become a lot more patient and accepting of people's limitations just because uh, we take a lot of things that we can do for granted so yeah that's just some some of the things that are going on Mm -hmm. in my life
1: and um, so what led you to take this rigorous path in medicine and and more specifically your psychology path what like inspiration or what well, what did you decide? Why did you decide to take medicine?
2: Uh, when when I started to notice that people in my community had a lot of unaddressed issues, and I I noticed how it impacted their daily lives. So just knowing that, uh, and I was able to notice that through myself as first because I I was a kid that was really pressured into doing well in academics um and and that generally didn't lead to a lot of great self-esteem for me so for someone who was in such a pressurized environment growing up i always saw my value as external to myself and i noticed that theme not just in me but i noticed it in all all in my whole community everyone my cousins my my friends who were also uh muslim and pakistani uh i noticed this common thread so um when i started to address those issues and i noticed improvements i it just revolutionized revolutionized my entire life you know i wasn't i wasn't nearly self-conscious i wasn't uh I was a lot more calm when it came to uh, failure and I was able to deal with the obstacles that life throws our way, that throws everyone, that throws, you know, everyone for a world. Right. So once I started to see those improvements in myself, I I wanted to spread that to other people. And honestly, it it just became like sort of an obsession in that way because I, I feel that uh, this is a careers podcast. So, anyone who is looking to find purpose in a career should look at the issues that they can help solve. Because, not, it shouldn't be like an egotistical thing where you want to achieve some goals for a personal reason. Because you, you might be doing something that's not, not necessarily for, necessary for the world. Uh, so, my approach to it was to see, to, to notice an issue, and then to work in every way that I could to alleviate it so that's why I like to take different pers- different takes on it I, I'm not limited to just uh uh spirituality or mental uh, mental health or neuroscience I like to take all angles because I know that they can all benefit people
0: yeah that's interesting I, I think what the most interesting thing about what I've, what I've heard about you is that you are taking this approach where you're taking this uh where it is it is super multifaceted you're taking the scientific uh the scientific neuroscience approach as well as the islam, like the approach of islam how did you come to like how is that the like how did you get to the point where though that was the approach you wanted to take was there ever like a situation where you first like only looked at neuroscience or, or only looked at islam and, and decided that wasn't um what you wanted to do
2: yeah so um i remember i took a uh modern Muslim thought class at MSU, uh, just out of curiosity. And that class, it uh, it oh. changed the way that I looked at Islam and religion in general, not just Islam. Uh, because it showed me that Islam had many different faces. And usually when we're growing up, we only get exposed to one face, one uh, dimension of, of the whole religion. And that's usually what our parents, you know, what our local mosque preaches, right? Like we follow that, but we have no a lot of us have no idea where that reasoning or where the origin of those things came from, like where do they really go back? And, and I think just because I didn't know those things, I wasn't uh, using Islam in my life as much to deal with adversity. But um, when I got exposed to more perspectives in modern Muslim thought, I got to learn more about uh, Sufism and different perspectives in Islam that concentrate more on introspection so they so they they center on observing yourself and your thoughts and your emotions so that you can become a more conscious human being like a lot of the problems that we have are just because we're unaware of what we're doing right like you might you're unaware of how anger or jealousy or greed affect you like we say those things are bad but why are they bad? Because if you just, if you just watch within yourself, how that feels to be very, very, very angry or very jealous or, uh, greedy, uh, those naturally, they don't feel good anyway to you. They're like kind of hellish. Right. So, uh, so, uh, I, I learned that perspective from Sufism and, and that's, uh, but I hadn't really like started to lean on it as much until after I got a lot of the, uh, psychological, treatment that I needed to become more empowered personally. So I, I went through therapy and I, uh, and I, I uh, took antidepressants at one point to help with t- depression, and anxiety. And after I was able to quit them, um, I noticed that I still needed some sort of, uh, guiding light in my life to observe myself and to, to check in with how I'm doing and how I approach different situations. So that's where that's where what I learned in in that class really came into uh, uh, fruition is where I started to look into people like Rumi and Shams and the people that came before them and how they approach Islam completely differently. It's not they didn't look at the external rules. They looked at more of the internal uh, feeling or intuition. They they try to bring that out in people. So after I was able to heal a lot of my uh, wounds and uh, kind of understand my psychology, I was then able to view my psychology through that lens of Sufism, right? Because we all have we all have a set structures of thoughts, right? Like we have, okay, like maybe Ali does this or you know aryan you have certain ideas about yourself right from that are are informed by the past but after i went through therapy i learned so much about my psychology that i could actually observe it more from a distance and kind of act more appropriately to the situations that i face rather than rather than the past patterns that i displayed so that's why i integrated them because i feel that religion in general not just islam uh, every seer or person who has kind of come out with a religion has been a person who has told you to look within. And the point of looking within is to observe yourself and how you're conducting your life. Because the more you observe yourself, the more that you'll learn about yourself. And then the more you can deal with any issues that you might have. So just pairing those two was an exercise in giving myself a daily exercise not I can't go to therapy and you know take meds every single day of my life, right? So I, I, I needed to find other ways to support my mental health, and that was through meditation, through um, through med- meditated yoga, uh, and and I love to learn not just from not just from Sufis and uh, mystics and uh, people in our tradition uh, like Imam Ali, but I also love to learn from. People like the Buddha and Krishna and all these other people, because they, 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 too have a lot of insights that we we could gain a lot from.
0: That's actually very fascinating. I think um, the one of the points you made up, uh, or you you uh, you said earlier about how you were pressured to do well academically, and, and you were you often found yourself uh, seeking like external validation and um, seeing yourself in that sense. Um, just stepping up, stepping away from the career side of things, what, like you work with Spartan Chifa, what sort of things would you tell like another, like a, a student, like a high school student who, who felt this, was feeling the same things that you felt?
2: Hmm. I would tell a high school student that they, they have been taught that their value, it comes from the outside. And they've been given ideas and ideals about how they should be you know like how they should look how they should speak how they should pretty much everything in our lives there's some ideal about it and i think that just the way that they learn those things right like that you are only acceptable if you meet xyz xyz criteria you can also unlearn those things and learn other perspectives so you can learn that each of us is incomparable because each of us it, it cannot express the same energy. We, we are all, even our fingerprints are different. Like to that level, we're different. So, you know, I would also encourage them, it, 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 keeping that in mind, I would encourage them to not compare themselves to anybody because um, it's completely useless. It, it just takes your energy away from nourishing yourself towards towards trying to replicate what someone else has done right um and and, and that and and if you're comparing yourself to someone else um you're not going to have a lot of self-love because and self-acceptance because uh when you have self-acceptance and that's the most important uh part that i've learned throughout my journey is is when when you have that uh, you you get all this energy back that you use for other things, right? Like, to try to be someone else, or when you all the energy you spent worrying that do I level, do I measure up to these people or not, or or will this happen or will this not happen? And uh, that anxiety it draws a lot of energy out of you, and it's okay that you know if you're listening, it's okay that you spent a lot of energy on it before, but now. I would encourage you to stop doing that because it doesn't help you. Um, And uh, and also self-acceptance just helps you accept everything that happens in your life as well. You have to start with yourself. So first, I would encourage the person to accept their insecurities because those insecurities have been taught to them by someone else, right? Like naturally they're there. Like there's no... Um, existential reason. There's no uh, the universe has given them certain traits, right? Maybe they struggle with uh, you know math, or maybe that maybe they struggle with certain subjects, or they or they feel like they can't speak up. But those insecurities, uh, if you accept them, then you can you can start to grow. But if you start dwelling in shame, they're just gonna get worse and worse. So what I would tell someone is just accept yourself fully and and learn from people who have done that and people who encourage you to do that. Don't learn from the people who are lost and insecure because that's a lot of people.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think you made some really good points and I'm sure you're definitely helping our environment out and being in this organization, being the founding members of Spartan Shifa and other workshops of, to help better well-beings for people that are struggling. And so if you can talk more in detail about what are you doing now to fulfill your goals of becoming a psychiatrist one day, uh, I think that would be perfect for the listeners.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm taking some, um, you know, I'm taking classes that encourage a study of psychobiology, which kind of looks at the interaction between psychology and biology. Um, And that's just fascinating because, in order to become a psychiatrist, you have to understand that our biology uh, affects our psychology and vice versa. So, and to look at people in very uh, uh, ways like you have to look at people as if it's almost impossible to know them because there's so many factors going on, even in one person, to fully understand them. So, I think bringing a spirit of awe to psychiatry uh is very important so yeah i've been taking classes uh, like psychobiology um i've also been i uh you know my neuroscience major gives me a lot of background in that as well so i've been just completing things like neuroscience lab um i i would encourage people to go to conferences so i went i've been to the muslim mental health conference uh, last two years that it was in person uh it was in arizona and then it was in um uh, it was in uh, London. So um, those two conferences were very helpful and inspiring for me because I learned that, you know, when I went to the conference, I would learned that, wow, we, we, ba- we basically don't know anything about Muslim mental health. It's essentially what I got from the conference because every, like, study was, uh, you know, that had that caveat that, like, we, there's still a lot to explore in our community And, uh, even though there are a lot of inspirational people working on this, um, there, there's just so much more for our generation to explore as well. So you get to be around those people. You get to be around that energy of people who have devoted their entire lives to, um, studying and improving the well-being of Muslims, uh, and, you know, just people in general. So, uh, so that really helped me. That experience helps me, um, what else i th- uh all the things that i do is to kind of boost that as well is just uh just trying to learn di- trying to learn as much as i can about uh psychology um there's a channel called school of life that i've i've watched like a bunch uh because they just cover different like psychological topics and i i think like self-awareness and being aware of different topics in psychology it needs to be a continual process for anyone who wants to go into psychiatry because I know there are some uh psychiatrists that only focus on medications but if you don't have psychological insight you're not gonna be able to uh make the right calls you you need intuition as well and I I'd say you know finding a mentor I'm sure you guys have talked about this on the channel but uh for Dr. Farah Abbasi is my mentor and uh you know whenever whenever I want to call her I can call her so uh so she's very helpful. And uh, and I've just observed a lot of real-life situations because I've been around her. She gets calls from, you know, like the whole Muslim community about mental health because we tend to wait till the last minute, wait till emergencies to call on anyone, right? So I've seen, I've been in those situations where she's gotten a call and and something needs to happen fast. And just by observing, I've learned how to... Uh, respond or how to keep my eye calm when someone else is not obviously not in the rights in a, in a healthy state. So, um, so yeah, uh, exposure right, right through conferences, through mentors um, and read books in the field as well. I, I found this uh, counseling handbook for Muslim uh, mental health professionals and reach out to different organizations like ISPU Uh, which study which studies mental health Um, and uh, and just yeah if you keep in touch with that it'll really help your journey towards becoming a psychiatrist
0: yeah dude that that that's really fascinating stuff the stuff you're working on it and been like have been around sounds really cool but when you when you like made that decision that you wanted to help other people get through these things where was the first place to start like where what did you like obviously like sometimes you make it like we can make decisions and and then it's like, okay, what now? Like, I, I don't know what resources to, to go after. I'm not sure what the next steps are. How did you figure that stuff yeah. out?
2: Yeah, so um, honestly, I, I started really small. So, and, you know, this is a, that's something that is an easy step to take for anyone who's trying to start something uh, for the well-being of other people. So I started very small. So when I was at MSA, uh, the Muslim Student Association at MSU, uh, I, I always wanted to do a Muslim mental health event, but I couldn't get around to doing it. Uh, and they never had one before. So, and I was just stunned that they never had one before. That was, that was my main thing. You know, like how did, how did we get so many years without like just a one Muslim mental health event? So, um, you know, when you have your interest and you see an opportunity, even if it's small, you, uh, uh, it's definitely worth taking that opportunity. So, uh, my first gig or first uh, kind of venture into this was uh, was after, I, importantly, I'd already helped myself and I already learned a lot about psychology. So I wasn't come from, coming from a place of ignorance. I, I knew a lot of what I was talking about. And I'd gotten the uh, support of uh, my mentor, Dr. Farah Abasi. So, uh, so after I left the MSA, um, I noticed a new set of people come in. And I just proposed it to them. Like, I just asked them again. I, I didn't even have the expectation that they would allow me to have an event. Uh, but they did. Uh, and uh, I talked to the president about it, and he was a lot more welcoming. So this the opportunity presented itself, and I remember that I didn't know if people would accept this uh, new event or if people would be – we had a lot of fears about what people open up, what people will be judgmental. How are we going to set the ground rules? What can we share? What can we not share? So, what I did to kind of get over those uh, obstacles was to contact professionals. Who like, uh, I met so I met a I met a psychotherapist and a professor uh, at. Uh, he actually graduated from MSU. His name is Zane Shernoon. He's he's a little, he's older, but uh, he he uh he works in like washington state but i met him at the muslim mental health conference so i reached out to him and i asked him how i could do this so he he gave me a breakdown of some ground rules that i could set and just this sort of environment how to how to be a facilitator so after i learned from him um we put on the event with the msa and we were just so impressed by how people really use the opportunity to be vulnerable and uh how it brought people together. First of all, uh, they had the most people come to that event of that whole year. So we didn't expect any of that. So people did come because it was novel. So, um, and we were surprised at how, uh, honest people were about their problems. Like we had, uh, we had people talk about their disabilities and, um, uh, we had people talk about, you know, major life struggles, like they brought them up voluntarily to uh, a crowd of people and people were very loving and accepting of that. Uh, so, you know, we just facilitated these discussions by, by, by starting by having a small event. And then also in that event, you know, I cater to the audience because I know like they're, uh, you know, I cater to. The audience because I integrated you know different uh, Islamic concepts as well because you know those are those are important in that we need to understand that you know this idea of self-knowledge is uh, is very old it's not like we just came up with it so um I I think that also connected with people because uh because people are just generally looking for answers and and their well-being so we provided that provided that in that event Um and after that event, uh I talked to the president and the the next team about it and they said that I could start a series of it. And that's where Spartan Schiffel uh was born. Like because one event went very well, so then why not replicate it? Why not why not have different topics? That's what we that's what we thought. And then I constructed I got a couple people to help support me and, and be on the team, but um you know, but to anyone like listening, you don't need a lot of people. I had one person uh, for the first like three or four events one other person running them. So I know a lot of organizations that rely on like 10 people plus you know to do do things but you can you can start very simply and just put things on and, and just show up and, and, and show some quality social so, social uh, sorry show some passion in what you're doing. And people will will appreciate that. They won't care that you only have one other person, or uh, that you don't have food, or you don't have like all these like uh, extra, you know, extra things that go along with what people expect. So, so yeah. And then our team has grown ever since, and uh, we're 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 recruiting more people to be our facilitators. Um, but but yeah, just seeing that need and then filling it in the smallest way that I could expanded what I could do with that
1: that's completely amazing and uh like the I'm sure there's a huge scope for this right now especially and so where do you hope this goes in the future
2: so the future of this is just to help people um accept themselves more and that means that they accept that they have problems, which we all do, and they address them. And um, people erase the shame and the stigmas that they have. They take more proactive approaches towards solving their personal problems, uh, and and that we value human well-being in in the Muslim community as well. You know and. and and, and not over we don't undervalue it under external things like money and prestige and and power because those the chase for those things often comes out of uh, our inner security so I just want to empower people by having them uh, feel as comfortable as they can in their own skin so that, so that then they can take on whatever external pursuits they want You know, I'm not against any of that. It's just that we need to start. My vision is for people to start thinking of the internal first before and have, have their well-being flow out into everything they do so that people don't burn out, you know, and and people are much more compassionate towards each other in a natural way, not, not in a way that, you know, be compassionate. You know, I, I want to teach people to be compassionate towards themselves so that they can they have no choice but to be more compassionate with other people.
1: Mm-hmm. And I really hope this organization becomes like a, almost like a nationwide maybe one day. You, know?
0: You, know, you don't know what things can happen. I guess one last question for you would be, um, where do you see yourself in, in terms of career in like 20 years? What sort of impact are you making and how has psychiatry changed from, from what it is right now?
2: what do you mean how it will will change Um, change.
0: yeah I mean I think you you mentioned briefly about like how you think like psychiatrists uh some psychiatrists they only take like that that medicine approach they don't understand like the cognition behind a person um so do you think that's something that will change like in terms of the whole field in in like a few years or or do you think uh there's still going to be a huge section of, of the of the field that is like um still like super medicine based and not maybe um as holistic as your approach your personal approach is
2: yeah, so, um, and the first question is about my, uh, well, where I see myself in 20 years, right? Yeah. Okay, got it. All right, so um, uh, I'd say that, uh, you know, like with discussions of mental health increasing, I think, you know, this is like a really ripe time for people to um, explore this field. And I think there'll be, you know, there'll be a, a lot less shame and more understanding. I think the field will discover that all the, issues or problems that we blame people for a lot of them actually can be explained by neurobiology and i think that will make people more compassionate towards people's faults Uh, as far as other people who work in the field i can't i don't know what they'll do but i'm i'm gonna make sure that i uh spread as much understanding and uh, humility as i can about my understanding of people because no no matter how hard I try, uh, you know, this is just, uh, this is what every person in every field usually finds out when they go really deep into it, is is that uh, they don't know a lot and they have to accept their ignorance. So, uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to accept that, I'd have to accept that there's a limit to what I can know, but uh, but my ultimate vision is just to to spread like that compassion and that self awareness. Egoic selves, like are selfish selves, that we always learn in this society to be very competitive, and, and I just want people to move beyond that paradigm and learn to support each other by being whatever each of us each of us uh, demands that we be like if someone expect if if someone needs to be compassionate or just listen to you or be understanding or to give you a resource. I want to build a society or community in which that happens more regularly. Um, and, And what I, what I was saying was that when you understand yourself more, you, you have more space for everything inside of you, your emotions and, uh, and you're not so tense, you're more relaxed. So, um, and in that spirit, I feel that people can share their faults with each other and their, uh, their pains with each other. And, and I just want homes and communities where we can do that more openly, uh, because when we reveal those things about ourselves, uh, they they tend to resolve. When we hide them, they just linger and fester, and and they grow into very abnormal, unhealthy patterns of behavior. You know, and uh, my ultimate aim in all this is to build a non-judgmental community. To it doesn't matter. I don't care what your fear is or what your uh, what's your insecurity it is, um, if, you know, if you're expected to do that or not, you know. Um, And I think when we build, when we inspire people to be non-judgmental towards themselves, they will be, they will be non-judgmental towards each other. And, um, and then we'll be able to talk more and explore and uh, ourselves, nourish ourselves and reach our potentials. So, in 20 years I see myself as a person who continues to help people do that uh as I am doing now I think it would just only deepen and I would enjoy it more um and, and that's all I can control so and I know that that will inspire change in the field I just know that's not my intent but I just know that will inspire change in the field and in people uh more generally I, I don't ever I try to do it more uh more in, uh, intuitive or uh self-accepting or loving uh if you if you show that to yourself uh you will naturally show it to others and, and it will spread uh and psychiatry blends psychology and biology uh, and helps us help helps us do that from all levels um and you know, my goal is also to integrate spirituality. And a reason that I like to quote people from, uh, from, different, uh, from different faith traditions, because I, I also feel that limiting yourself to one faith tradition is not a way to go. We need to come together even beyond just the Muslim community. So I think in the future, that'll be my goal is to, to reach beyond the Muslim community. And to make partnerships that way, because mental health is mental health. It doesn't matter what faith tradition you come from; your well-being is human well-being.
0: Yeah, that that's very really interesting. Salman, Salman, thank you so much for your insight. That was that was a really interesting uh, episode just because i think not only from the fact of the career you want to take i think like that that ability to look within yourself is something that i think a lot of people need and and i'm happy like our listeners got a chance to hear about that
1: Mm -hmm. looking things at different angles and from different perspectives is very important as you brought up many times in in our interview here and um i think that'll give the viewers uh, a bunch of insight on Um, the path of becoming a psychiatrist thank you very much have a good day listeners and stay tuned for another episode of so you want to be